Just a quick heads up that I am currently on maternity leave, which means that the Fertility Co podcast is taking a break. But please don't panic because I'm already working on some exciting things behind the scenes. And when I come back, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a brand new, completely free mini course all about ovulation and finding your fertile window. In the meantime, there are still heaps of ways that you can continue to learn about your fertility and your menstrual cycle while I take a break. If you're just getting started with charting your cycle, you can check out my free fertility roadmap. If you want to dive deeper and learn exactly when you're ovulating, then you can watch my Fix Your Fertility Masterclass. There is, of course, also my Conceive with Confidence workshop series and, of course, my flagship online program, Fertility School. If you want individualized support from a trained fertility educator, that's me, then you can book in to my wait list for a one-on-one consult. And I would love to work with you to achieve your fertility goals in 2024. Spots are strictly limited though, and links to all of those resources are in the show notes. In this episode, we're celebrating Women's Health Week, and I am talking about the three health checks that every woman needs to know about. Rachel and I am obsessed with all things periods, pregnancy, pelvic floor and helping women just like you to navigate all of life's major milestones. I'm a physiotherapist and natural fertility educator and my passion is teaching women how to take control of their health. Fertility, pregnancy, nutrition and menstrual cycle health, we'll dive deep into all of it right here. All those questions you've been secretly Googling, all those things you're too embarrassed to ask your doctor because, well, we're women. Shouldn't we just know this stuff? So get comfy and get ready to finally have all of your questions answered. Hit subscribe now and let me teach you what they never taught us in health class. You're listening to the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. Want a sneak peek into the ultimate guide to your menstrual cycle? Let me walk you through everything you need to know about your period, what happens for the rest of the month, and why your fertility matters no matter what season of life you're in right now. To download your free chapter of the Mana Guide to Understanding and Loving Your Menstrual Cycle, head to manawomenswellness.com forward slash free book. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and if you're listening in real time, it is the first week of September, which means it's Women's Health Week in Australia right now. This is an event that is now in its eighth year, and it's run by Jean Hales for Women's Health, who are an Australian not-for-profit organization that is dedicated to improving women's health. Now, their website is an incredible resource for women, full of health information, and it really helps women to actively manage manage their own health and well-being. In other words, they empower women to take control of their health, which is absolutely something that I can get behind. Now, Women's Health Week has been running all of this week, and you can head over to the website, www.womenshealthweek.com.au, to check out the treasure trove of resources that they share. Events that are being held, most of them are online this year, which has a silver lining because it means that you can join in no matter where you are in the world. Now, obviously, the stress of COVID and 2020 as a whole has made it really hard to look after your health and well-being. And so the very fitting theme of Women's Health Week in 2020 is checking in on your health. Now, unfortunately, I am a little too organized for my own good, and I'm recording this episode a couple of weeks before Women's Health Week has officially kicked off. 
Now, this means that when I'm recording this, I am unfortunately not yet privy to all of the goodness that this year's Women's Health Week will be offering, apart from the theme of checking in on your own health. And so I've gotten a little creative and I've decided to put my own spin on Women's Health Week. And so today I'm going to be talking to you about three health checks that I think every woman needs to know about, no matter what age or what season of life you're currently in. Now, the first health check that I want to talk about today is checking your breasts. This is something I am definitely guilty of not doing enough. And I heard a stat not too long ago that during the COVID pandemic and during the first half of 2020, breast cancer diagnoses dropped by something like 30%. And while at first that may sound like incredible news, it's really not because that sudden drop by such a huge amount means that women just aren't getting checked at the moment. They're not getting their breast screens and they're not going to their doctors when they feel a lump or if something doesn't feel right. And so I'm going to kick things off by saying, especially right now when the world is an absolute shit show, monitoring your health and checking in with your doctor when something doesn't seem right is more important than ever. Your GP is still open and available. And if you need medical che- medical care or a checkup that isn't COVID related, I'm pretty confident that your doctor is going to do everything in their power to keep you safe when you go for a face-to-face visit, if that's what you need. So on that note, let's dive into breast checks. It's so important to be really familiar with how your breasts look and feel because like any other body part, the more familiar you are, the easier it is to notice when anything changes or something just doesn't feel right. And so how do we actually do a breast check? What do we look out for? And when do we have a mammogram? That's something every woman really needs to know regardless of age. So from your 20s and onwards, you should be doing a breast check every single month. Because your breasts can change a little throughout your menstrual cycle, you might want to stick to the same time of your cycle during each month. So it's a little bit easier to track these changes. So you might like to do it on day one of your menstrual cycle, the day you get your period, and make that a habit. Whatever works for you, as long as you're checking monthly. This is something I am actively now writing in my diary so that I remember to do this month after month. So here's how you actually do a breast check. Before you jump in the shower, stand in front of a mirror. Put your hands on your hips, keep your shoulders straight, and start by just looking at your breasts. Look at the shape, the color, the size, not just of your breasts, but of your nipples too. Next, while still looking in the mirror, raise your arms up in the air and look for the same things again. So the shape, the color, and the size of your breasts and nipples. Doing a visual check of your breasts, even without touching them, will help you to see the actual shape of them. Any changes to the usual usual shape or color of the nipples or breasts as a whole, and any discharge from your nipples, as well as other things like rashes, redness, or swelling on the skin. Next up is actually feeling for changes. And a good way to do this is when you're in the shower. When you do this check is a completely personal preference. But if you're in the shower, then you're a little bit more relaxed and you may find that doing this check on wet skin can be a little bit more comfortable. And that can make things a little bit easier to feel for changes. So you can also do this in bed, lying down again when you're relaxed and comfortable. So what you're going to do is bend your arm at the elbow and rest it up over your head. So if you're standing in the shower, you might like to rest your hand on top of your head. Or if you're lying down, you can pop your hand up above your head on a pillow. With the other hand, the hand doing the check, you can open the hand out with a wide palm. Keep your fingers flat so you don't feel like you're poking and prodding at your boobs. With a flat palm, you're going to feel the entire breast area. So start from your collarbone and work all the way down to your stomach and your ribs and make sure you're going under your armpit 
bits too. When you do this, you're feeling for lumps, any area that's particularly tender or painful, as well as any skin that might be a little bit dimpled or flat or anything that feels different from another check. If you notice any of the following, don't freak out, but go and see your doctor. And these sorts of changes might include new lumps or lumpiness, changes in the shape or color of your breast, changes in the nipple, any discharge from the nipple, puckering or dimpling of the skin of your breast, any persistent pain and any persistent nipple or breast itching or rashes too. Now, mammograms are a type of breast x-ray screening and they show up any changes in the breast that might be too small for you or your doctor to feel. If you're over the age of 40 in Australia, there's an organization known as Breast Screen and they offer free screening mammograms every two years. And that's for women aged 40 or above. In some states, you'll get an easy reminder mailed out to you, but you might not. So it's good to know that this is available to you once you're over the age of 40. The screen is completely free. And if you're younger than 40, then regular mammograms aren't really recommended because in younger women, the breast tissue is more dense. And so it can be a little bit more difficult to differentiate between normal and abnormal breast tissue. So that's why it's so, so important that you start doing these checks in your 20s. So you basically have 20 years experience of monthly checkups up your sleeve to monitor for changes. If you have a family history of breast cancer, if you're really concerned, speak with your doctor about other screening options that you might have before the age of 40. After the age of 40, it's recommended that you have your mammogram every two years, in addition to your monthly breast checks. Remember, Breast Screen in Australia offers this service completely for free, and these regular reminders usually continue until about the age of 75. So whether or not you have a screening mammogram will depend on your general health, other medical conditions that you might have, and of course, personal choice. You don't need a doctor's referral to access this service either, so you can jump straight onto the Breast Screen Australia website and organise a screen mammogram. If you're concerned about changes in your breast, always have a chat with your doctor first. Don't just show up at breast screen. And obviously, if you don't live in Australia, have a chat with your doctor about what services are available in your country. If you have breast implants, you can still get a screen and there's no potential harm there either. Just make sure you let your doctor and the screening center know about it beforehand. Now, I've created a super special bonus freebie for today's episode and to celebrate Women's Health Week as well. So it's a guide to self-breast checks and it's called Check Your Bumps for Lumps. And you can grab it in today's show notes or you can head over to manawomenswellness.com forward slash post forward slash health checks or one word. It's got all of the information that I've just talked about in step-by-step form, as well as how to access the Breast Screen Australia website to organize a mammogram for yourself. Now, number two on my list of health checks is a cervical screening test. A five-yearly cervical screening test has recently replaced the two-yearly pap test. And I know that this one can be incredibly uncomfortable, but it's five minutes every five years, and it is your best protection against cervical cancer. It is one of the most preventable cancers, and research shows that the new cervical screening test can actually protect up to 30% more women than the pap test because it's that much more accurate. So the cervical screening test is a simple procedure that checks the health of your cervix. It pretty much looks and feels exactly the same as the pap test, but it tests for the human papillomavirus, HPV. Now, your first cervical screening test is due two years after your last pap test. After that, you'll need to have the test only every five years if your results are normal. If your results show anything abnormal, then you might have to have the test annually or more often. 
So how is this new test different from the pap test? A pap test used to look for cell changes in the cervix, whereas the new cervical screening test looks for HPV, human papillomavirus, which can lead to changes in the cells of the cervix. So in this way, the new screening test is one step ahead of the pap test in that it's actually looking for changes at the cellular level. In the new test, the sample is collected in the same way as the pap test, by taking a small sample of cells from your cervix. The new test will be processed in a different way in the lab, but your experience of the test itself is basically the same. As with the pap test, the procedure might be a little bit uncomfortable, but it shouldn't hurt. If it does hurt, make sure you're telling your healthcare provider straight away. So, what actually is HPV? Human papillomavirus is a common virus that causes changes to cells in your cervix, which in rare cases can develop into cervical cancer. Because the cervical screening test looks for the virus itself that causes cell changes, if your test doesn't show that you have an HPV infection, you wait five years between tests. Even if your test shows that you have HPV, it usually takes 10 or more years for this virus to develop into cervical cancer. So it's important to remember that cervical cancer is a rare outcome of an HPV infection. So you will need to start having a cervical screening test if you're anywhere between the ages of 25 and 74. You have a cervix, meaning in cases such as a hysterectomy, you don't need to have a screen, and you've ever been sexually active. So that's when you need to have your first cervical screening test two years after your last pap test. This includes people who've been vaccinated for HPV, which now occurs around late high school. If you're turning 25 or you've never had a pap test before, make an appointment with your doctor to have a cervical screening test because no matter your age, if you have abnormal vaginal bleeding, pain, discharge, or any other symptoms that aren't normal for you, you really need to discuss these with your doctor sooner rather than later. And remember, this test is five minutes every five years and it's super, super accurate. Now, last but certainly not least on the list is the dreaded STI check. I totally get it. This is the most awkward on the list. And because of this, it is likely one of the things that can keep falling down right to the bottom of your to-do list. You might even make it to the doctor only to decide that today is not the day to bring this one up. But if you're sexually active, getting checked for sexually transmitted infections is an important part of your regular health check. So I'll make it a little easier for you and go through what actually happens. There are a lot of reasons, first of all, when having an STI check is a good idea. You might be concerned that you have an STI. Maybe you recently found out that a current or previous sexual partner has one, or you might be experiencing symptoms for yourself. Your doctor might actually suggest a screening test while you're getting your cervical screening test, or you might be really proactive already and you're just making sure that you get a regular check as part of your general health checks. For you, gold star. (laughs) Women who are under 30 and are having sex are recommended to have an STI check at least once a year, but you may need regular checks more often and when you're over 32. The bottom line, if you're sexually active, you need to be checked regularly. If you're not sure, ask your doctor. Everyone's situation here is obviously a little bit different, so it's important to get the checks that are right for you. So here's what will actually happen. Firstly, when you're getting an STI check, your doctor will ask you questions. This will probably get a little personal, but your doctor really needs to ask about your sexual history. Answer as honestly as possible and remember that there's no judgment. It's all about getting the facts. Your doctor needs to work out what your risks are and decide what tests might actually be right for you. 
Questions that the doctor might ask might include whether you've had an STI check in the past and how long ago this was, how many people you've had sex with in the last six months or so, whether or not you've had sex with men, women, or both, whether you've had vaginal sex, anal sex, or oral sex, whether you use contraception, particularly condoms, which obviously provide that physical protection from infections, whether or not you've experienced any symptoms. Remember that many STIs don't actually cause symptoms at all, but for some women, you might experience painful sex, painful urination, and changes in vaginal discharge or even bleeding. Your doctor might ask you about your periods, when your last period was, and whether that was a normal period for you. They might also ask about whether or not you've ever injected drugs, you've got tattoos, or any body piercings. Again, some of these questions are kind of personal. And again, your doctor isn't there to judge you or make you feel like your choices are wrong or bad. There are questions here that they really need to ask to assess your risk for particular infections and decide which ones they actually should be screening for. So here's the lowdown on testing. Depending on your symptoms and risks for different STIs, your doctor will suggest which tests are appropriate for you and how the samples will be collected. You'll most likely give a urine sample and have a vaginal exam at the very least. If you've had unprotected oral or anal sex, you may need a throat or anal swab. This means collecting a sample of secretions from the body part. Secretions is not a great word to use here, I know, but often your doctor will let you collect these samples yourself, which might give you a little bit of relief here. You may need to have a blood test for some STIs like hepatitis, syphilis, and HIV. This is just like any standard blood test. Going in for an STI check doesn't mean that you will have a complete screen of every single STI. Testing is different for everyone, and that's why it's so important to answer all of the doctor's questions as honestly as you can. Once all your testing is done, you might like to speak to your doctor about contraceptive options or ask any other questions that you have about your sexual health. Your results will be back in a couple of weeks, and you might need to make another appointment to see your doctor, or you might be able to get your results over the phone. All clinics do things differently there. If you get a positive test result, you'll go back to your doctor and you'll get the right treatment. This might be a dose of antibiotics and your doctor will go through all of your results and answer your questions. So you will need to contact sexual partners so that they can get tested too. Yes, this sounds terrifying, but not knowing and infecting other people as well as putting your reproductive health at risk is far scarier, really, when you think about it. And your doctor can actually talk you through this part too. Getting a positive result can be really scary, but if you're concerned that you might have an STI, getting checked is so much more important for your long-term health. If you feel like it's just too damn embarrassing and you just know that you'll want to be swallowed up by the ground at the doctor's office, here are some ways to make it a little easier for you. So make an appointment with your doctor about something else and then just throw it in there during the assessment. Obviously, don't make things up and say your leg is sore when it actually isn't because you really can't go in there wasting the doctor's time. But if you need a new prescription or even a medical certificate for work, add it in there while you're there. Your doctor isn't going to get all embarrassed and make a big thing of it. If they do, that is not okay and get out of there. That's okay. But they're medical professionals and ultimately they should not be bringing their own beliefs and personal judgments into that room with them. So if you're not comfortable asking your regular doctor or you don't have a regular doctor, you can always go to a women's health clinic or a sexual health center, which actually specializes in sexual health and STI checks. So it's run of the mill everyday procedure for them. So they're not going to be, they're not going to be making you feel judged and uncomfortable about the whole situation. As I said, if they do get out, remember these checks are a normal part of healthcare and doctors should be doing them all the time. 
time. So your medical records are completely confidential and you should be seriously rewarded for being proactive and actually going and getting checked because there are a hell of a lot of people out there who will not be getting checked, which means that they don't know if they have an STI, which means that they could pass it along to you without knowing, which means that you could then pass it along to your partner without knowing, which is why you should be getting a check once a year. Okay, so let's wrap things up for today. So to recap, the three health checks that we talked about are the breast check, which you should be doing every single month after age 20 and getting a regular mammogram every two years if you're over 40. Number two on the list was the cervical screening test, which is now every five years instead of the pap test. And number three was the STI check, which varies a little from person to person depending on your own situation, but is still important for all women who are sexually active. Now, if you learned anything today or you found value in today's episode or you're celebrating Women's Health Week too this week, I'd love to hear from you. Share it in your stories. Tell me what you've learned most about this week from checking in on your health. Remember, this podcast is for you and I want to talk about the things that are most important to you. So I will be following along with Jean Hales on Women's Health Week too because all of the content that they're going to be sharing is a complete surprise for me too and I can't wait to see what goodness they're going to be sharing this year. Remember that this episode is all about celebrating Women's Health Week. And so if you want to learn more or you want to find out how you can get involved, you can head over to their website, www.womenshealthweek.com.au to check out all of the incredible resources that they're sharing and join in events that are being held this week. Don't forget to grab your freebie too that's been created especially for this episode, a guide to self-breast checks called Check Your Bumps for Lumps. And you can grab it over on the show notes or you can head over to manawomenswellness.com forward slash post forward slash health checks. It's got all of the information about breast checks that I talked about today, as well as how to access the Breast Screen Australia website to organize a mammogram for yourself. I will see you in next week's episode where I'm so excited to have a very special guest joining me, my very first interview on the podcast. Bye for now. And don't forget that knowledge is power. When you truly understand your body, you are empowered to make informed decisions and take control of your health. Until next time, take care, everyone. If you've made it this far, you deserve a huge virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Mana Women's Wellness Podcast. New episodes are released every Wednesday, so make sure you hit subscribe now so you don't miss when the latest goes live. Why not make my day and leave me a quick rating and review while you're over there? If you want more, head on over to Instagram at Mana Women's Wellness, slide into my DMs and say hello, or you can visit manawomenswellness.com forward slash podcast for show notes and access to all of the freebies that I talked about in this episode. Until next time. Let's talk about TempDrop. TempDrop's wearable sensor and accompanying charting app brings the full fertility tracking solution right to your phone. Wear the TempDrop sensor on your upper arm during sleep and then just sync to the charting app whenever it's convenient for you. TempDrop believes that every woman should be empowered and equipped with the knowledge to take control of their body. Sound familiar? That's where TempDrop steps in to provide clear, science-backed technology to help you to better track your cycle. I only recommend products that I use and love, and I love my TempDrop tracker. You can get 10% off your tracker with the code AFFertilityCo or head to fertilityco.com.au forward slash TempDrop for more information.